As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details has taken a big hit in the last few years. So when it comes to your money, investment, and retirement planning, where do you turn now? Who do you listen to? Join us for Smart Money Talk Radio Mondays from 3 to 4 p.m. for the refreshing, straightforward money and investment strategies of Jim and Lorraine Conaway. With over 44 years of combined experience, the Conaways are here to educate you on how to be smart with your money. Securities offered through J.P. Turner and Company, LLC. Member SIPC. Miss something today, yesterday, last week? Check out our podcasts at www.kcaaradio.com. AM 1050 KCAA. We leave no listener behind. Exploring science in the sea. Southern flounder that live along the Texas coast move around a bit. They're marine migrants that relocate to find the best living conditions defying the expectations of marine biologists. Flounders spawn offshore, and the juveniles then move into the bays and estuaries behind the barrier islands. The standard view says the young then spend some time in fresh or low salinity water, in or around the mouths of rivers, for example. After that, they move into saltier waters, where they spend the rest of their lives. But researchers at the University of Texas Marine Science Institute found that that's not always the case. They looked at the chemical composition of the otoliths of about 250 fish. An otolith is a small stone-like structure in a fish's head that's used for balance and hearing. It adds a new layer every year with minerals taken from the water, so it's like a flight data recorder. It constantly records information about the fish's environment. In this case, the otoliths revealed that more than half of the fish had spent their entire lives in saltier waters. The researchers say the difference could just be a matter of timing. Whether a group of juvenile flounders swim into the estuaries during a rainy season or a drought season. On the other hand, perhaps the flounder have a wider range of behaviors than previously thought. They may move around to find better temperatures, clearer water, and more food, migrating to find the best living conditions along the Texas coast. This episode of Science in the Sea was made possible by Texas Sea Grant. 
Science in the Sea is a production of the University of Texas Marine Science Institute at Port Aransas. I'm Holly Brawling. For more local radio every day, tune into KCAA Loma Linda. You're listening to an encore presentation of this program on AM 1050 KCAA, the Inland Talk Express. KCAA Radio now joins the Sunday morning worship services of the Pruitt Baptist Church in Van, Texas, with Pastor David McNary. All right. If you have a Bible with you today, turn with me, please, to the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah in the Old Testament. If you have a Bible like mine, it's on page 800. Probably not like mine, but anyway, it's on page 800. I want to talk to you today about Jonah's downfall. This book in the Bible is a brief narrative about a man. It talks about this man. It talks about his his, uh, sin. It talks about judgment. And then it talks about reconciliation. It's uh, it's got it all. But as brief as it is, uh, evidently we believe it to be valuable. Do you believe that the book of Jonah is a valuable book? Do you believe this story is a valuable story? You see, if we didn't believe it was valuable, we wouldn't teach it to our children. But it's probably one of the first Bible stories that most parents teach their children. is about Jonah and the whale. About Jonah and the whale. We've got a little stuffed Jonah, uh, I mean stuffed whale, uh, over at the house. And it's actually got a little doll that fits in its mouth. And the little doll's name is... That's right, Jonah. Just checking to see if you were with me on the same page. Well, today I want us to look at the uh, look at the sins of Jonah. I don't want us to look at the sins of Jonah so we can say shame on you, Jonah. I want us to look at the sins of Jonah because I want us to see if there's anything that God might be saying to us personally because there may be some changes. I mean, you know, it's just a possibility that there might be some changes that God wants to make in our lives. Now, the one thing I don't want you to do is to sit here and say, oh, Jonah was bad, just like, and then point across the room. If you want to say Jonah was bad, just like, then just be sure it's aimed at yourself, okay? Don't be, don't be picking out anybody else in this place that you think, Uh, might be an evil person or doing the bad things like Jonah did. Let's review the facts of the story. Now, this is going to be the shortened, abbreviated Reader's Digest version, okay? First of all, the people of the city of Nineveh sinned against God. Secondly, the Lord called Jonah. He called Jonah and he gave Jonah instructions to go and preach to them. So Jonah did what any preacher would do. He ran. He ran. He didn't want to preach to Nineveh. He ran. He took a voyage. He went He went and, and got on a ship going to Tarshish. And then God judged Jonah. <laughs> he sent something to, up on Jonah and the people on that ship just like came our way last night. You know, a storm with a lot of wind. And a lot of things going on. So God judged Jonah with a storm. And when Jonah was found out by the other men, they said, well, we need to do something about this. And by the way, Jonah admitted it. (laughs) He realized what was going on. He knew that God was judging him. So he admitted it, and they threw him overboard. And so God sent a fish. Now, you wouldn't... (laughs) 
You wouldn't normally think of this kind of situation as being a salvation kind of deal. God sent this great big fish, and this great big fish came up and swallowed Jonah whole. Now, we call it a whale. Was it a whale? I don't know. Was it a whale? Was it a fish? But at any rate, it was large enough to swallow Jonah whole. Well, when Jonah got, when Jonah got down in the belly of the fish, he went, Oh, my goodness. God is so creative in the way he judges people. Have you ever thought about that? Whenever we need judging, God is very creative. Who would have thought? Jonah thought that it was all over. He thought, well, they're going to throw me overboard, and when they do, I'm going to die. I'm going to drown, and nobody will ever hear of Jonah again. But Jonah became a very important figure in the Bible because this fish came and swallowed him. And while he was in the belly of the fish... God spoke to him and gave him another chance. And the Bible says that that the fish came up and spit Jonah out on the dry land after he repented. So God saved his life and he called him again. He said, Jonah, do I have your attention now? How many of you have ever said that to your children? Listen to me, God said to Jonah. And Jonah said, yes, sir, I hear you. What do you want me to do now? And God said, you go do what I told you to do before. And so Jonah took off in a dead run to Nineveh. And he went there and he preached. And the people of Nineveh repented. They sincerely repented. We're going to see it in just a minute. They sincerely repented of their sins. And because they did, Jonah got mad and went off and pouted. Isn't that interesting? Jonah, the preacher called by God to tell people about the good news. He preached the good news. They repented and just go sit up under a juniper tree and pout. Show your true, show your true colors. Well, I want to look, want us to look together at Jonah's downfall today. Let's see if we can see what caused or what was going on causing all of this. First of all, I want you to notice that Jonah had an unrenewed mind. Chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. Tell them I'm going to judge them, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He said, well, surely if I get out of here and go somewhere else, God can't find me. God won't know where I am, so I'm just going to go another direction. Now, folks, I want to tell you, Part of the problem with Jonah was there was no love lost between the preacher and the city of Nineveh. Evidently, Jonah knew about Nineveh. And Nineveh was not the kind of place where you'd want to go hang out on a Friday night or a Saturday night. It was not the kind of place where you would want to go uh, and raise your family. So Jonah's mind had not yet been renewed. His mind had not yet been transformed. In Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2, Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And listen to this. 
Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Jonah didn't have a renewed mind. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He said, go and, and, and have yourself refreshed and renewed by God so that you might show God's will. What does that mean? Demonstrate, live a life that, that proves to people that God is your God. Now, I admit that it's sometimes hard to understand the will of God. You know, I mean, um, probably the first thing that most of us would say, well, wait a minute, God, I just didn't understand. And God would say, yeah, you understood it perfectly. I told you. You see, God spoke to Jonah. I think that's what that says in verse 1. Now, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. He didn't talk to anybody else. He didn't he didn't send somebody else to tell him. God spoke to him. God spoke to him uh, directly. So Jonah knew the will of God. He was just not willing to be renewed enough to go and do what God said to do. Anybody here guilty? Don't raise your hand. Yeah, we're, we're guilty. We're guilty. I, I can't tell you how many times in the past I've said, Lord, please reveal your will to me. And he reveals it to me and and I've already made up my mind to do something else. Come on, please, somebody join in with me here. You see, I don't want to be the only one that's ever made that kind of a deal. Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. We need the mind of Christ. But preacher Jonah didn't have the luxury of knowing about Christ and the teachings of the New Testament. No, but he had the Old Testament. You think the Old Testament doesn't talk about what we're dealing with here? Uh, over in the uh, over in the book of Leviticus and the book of Deuteronomy, listen: Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. All right, I'm I'm doing that. Well, if you're going to do that, then you're going to do what He tells you to do. Amen. You see. Then He says, Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thy heart. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudges against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He knew those scriptures. He knew what God was saying. God was saying, Jonah, I want you to go over and love the Ninevites. I want you to care about their condition. I want you to go and tell them that I love them. But he hated their sin, and that, uh, that caused him to be, y'all not going to like this, prejudiced against the Ninevite. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. And it's, it's strange to me that God put this message in my heart to preach today because our lesson today in Sunday school talked about prejudice. It talked about prejudice. talked about how we need to come together and not be prejudiced because we have a common cause, a common purpose, and a common mission. Jonah's thought was this. If I don't go tell them that God loves them and that God uh, is going to bring judgment if they don't turn from their wickedness, then they won't repent and they'll get exactly what they deserve. Now, <clears throat> most of us don't want to stand up and give testimony here, but most of us would have to admit that there's been times in our lives where we've said, he got exactly what he deserved. Well, and that's true sometimes as far as from a social or a cultural 
or, or a legal perspective, but still it is God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, you know? So it is our responsibility to hate the sin and at the same time love the sinner enough to tell them about Jesus. Jonah had an unrenewed mind. The second thing I want you to notice about Jonah, he had an unwilling heart. He had an unwilling, uh, an unwilling heart there in those, in those verses. God told him to go to Nineveh and cry against it for the wickedness. But Jonah rose up to flee. He went to Tarshish, was going to Tarshish. He left the presence of the Lord because he had an unwilling heart. He was unwilling to do what God said to do. He was unwilling to go and, and help those people in their time of greatest need. Now, I really don't think Jonah minded declaring God's judgment. He was just unwilling to preach grace. <laughs> I think he was ready to say, okay, you're going to get it. But he was unwilling to talk to them about repentance. He was unwilling to talk to them about salvation. You know, I've heard preachers like that before. Always down, always going backwards, always preaching down on people and, and all of that sort of thing and never bringing them to the place where God always wants us to come and that is to the, the place of salvation, to the place of God's grace and faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Jonah wanted to be selective about where he preached. I've known some preachers like that before. <laughs> you say, well, look, preacher need to need a place to preach. Well, look, there's a church over here. Oh, no, I wouldn't go over there. Oh, no, 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 I wouldn't go over there. You know, there's, a, there's, a, a, there's not anything over there for me to, to take care of. You know, I don't, I don't even like those people, you know. I don't, even, I don't even like those people. I wouldn't go over there. That's what Jonah said. He decided that Nineveh needed to be judged and did not deserve to be forgiven. He could not see any future in trying to convert them. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say that. Oh, he would never, ever believe in Jesus. Think about that. Oh, they would never they would never repent. They would never turn again unto God. They would never believe in Jesus Christ. Folks, God doesn't give us the luxury of making those kinds of judgments. He's the only one. He's the one who calls upon us to be submissive to his will. And when we're submissive to his will, the end turns out just the way he wants it to. Now, does that mean that every time you go witness to somebody about the love of Jesus, they're going to get saved? No. No, it's not up to you. It's not up to you. It's up to that individual because we have a choice. We have a choice in the matter. Nineveh had a choice, but God somehow knew that they were ripe, that they were ready, that they had seen what their evil had done in their lives. And he wanted a great revival. By the way, I want you to know this was a great revival. It was a great revival. And that's what God wanted. And God was calling to Jonah and he said, Jonah, I want you to go preach the greatest revival sermon you've ever preached in your entire life. And I'm going to show you what I can do. But Jonah said, nope, not me. I'm not going. Whether we like to admit it or not, we often become like Jonah. We try to prejudge people to determine if they're worthy of our time and our energy. Are they worthy of your time and your energy? You know, sometimes we neglect to do what we know that we should do, even though we think that they are worthy of our time 
and our energy. Well, maybe worthy of our energy, but not our time because we've got too much to do. We even get to the place where we think we know what God should do to some people because of what they've done. Folks, Jonah had an unwilling, an unwilling heart. The third thing that I want you to notice about Jonah and his problem was he had an unforgiving spirit. Jonah had an unforgiving spirit. Now I'm going to turn your attention to chapter 3 in verse, beginning in verse 10. And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way. And I think that's very key right here, okay? I want you to hear that. God saw their works that they turned from their evil way. What does that mean? It means they not only prayed for forgiveness, but they repented of their sins. It's true repentance. God saw that the way they lived their lives afterwards uh, revealed that their hearts had been changed inside. And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil. He changed his mind. He decided not to judge them that he had said he would do unto them, and he did it not. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in, thy, in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and great and of great kindness, and repented thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Wow. Jonah was serious. Jonah was serious. He thought he had reached a place in his life where he could tell God what was right and what was wrong. Now, I think it's interesting because most of us think, wow, if I'd said that to God, he'd have struck me dead on the spot. No, maybe not. Maybe he'd just let you live in your misery. You see, I said in the beginning that God is very creative in the way he brings discipline, in the way he brings judgment. Jonah just begins to pout because he didn't get his what? <laughs> guilty? Are we ever guilty of that? Folks, I think it's interesting that God, the righteous king who had the authority to judge, chose to forgive them chose to renew them into a right relationship with him. But Jonah, the sinful man who knew of the importance of forgiveness, who had already experienced that renewal, who had experienced the salvation of God from the depths of the sea, chose not to be forgiven, forgiving towards these people. As hard as it is for us sometimes, God commands us to forgive. Jesus said, if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. New Testament, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. Paul told the Ephesians, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32, uh, uh, I mean in Colossians, excuse me, in Colossians he wrote, <clears throat> put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, 
meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, which is the bond of perfectness. Folks, Jonah had an unforgiving spirit. He wanted God to forgive him, and he wanted God to be in his life and be a part of his life, but he didn't agree with God loving and forgiving somebody else. They didn't deserve it was his decision and his determination. He said, that's the reason that I ran away is because I knew that if I went down there and preached to them, they were going to repent, and you, being a forgiving God, were going to forgive them, and I don't want that. So God, listen to me. No, God says, you listen to me. He had an unrenewed mind and an unwilling heart and an unforgiving spirit. And folks, those are the kinds of things that oftentimes plague us uh, in our lives. Even though we're Christians, we, we get distracted. The old devil likes to turn us away and, and cause us to go in a different direction, to cause us to sin against God. He likes to do that in our lives. But folks, I want you to know that just as Jonah preached to the Ninevites, and as they heard the message, the Bible says that they repented of their sins. They turned from their sins. They discovered the salvation of the Lord. And in, in, in a different way than what we normally think about when we're talking New Testament, but they, they found the salvation of the Lord because God had promised to judge them, and He repented of that judgment. He determined that they had repented of their sins, that they were right with God, they were doing what they were supposed to do, not only believing in their mind and in their heart, but representing it on a daily basis by the way they were living their lives. It was real, folks. I think there's a lot of folks today who have made a decision of some sort, but have never really committed the heart to Jesus Christ. And it's revealed to us so many times in our style of life, in the things that we do, in the way that we tell God what He needs to do, rather than listening to God and allowing God to do for us and in us and through us what God wants us to do. Now, folks, I want to tell you something, Christian friends. There are Ninevites all around you. They don't know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. They're, they're, they're in their sin. And God has promised that if we die in our sin, He will judge us, and that judgment will be a forever judgment. Do you care about your neighbors and your friends and your family members who are in that kind of a situation, who don't know Jesus? You say, yes, I care about them. I pray for them. I love them. Well, love them enough to tell them about Jesus. Oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Oh, oh, you know, they might, they might push me away. I might, I might lose that friendship. Well, I want to tell you something. If you can get them into the kingdom of God, lose the friendship, okay? Be willing to make that sacrifice, but take that opportunity to bring them to a place where they're confronted by their sin and by judgment. That's what Jonah did to the Ninevites. He just preached and told them God was going to judge them. And they repented. They repented of their sins. Repent of your sins today. Maybe you're here today and you didn't realize until today that God 
had judgment scheduled for every person as a result of our sin. But God is also a loving God, a kind God. He, he is a God of grace and a God of mercy, a God of forgiveness. And He is a God that loves you enough to take you right into His family, to bring you in through faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, folks, today, please, don't be like Jonah was. Don't point any fingers at anybody else. Just come to Jesus. Come to God through faith in Jesus today. Father, I thank You for this day. <clears throat> Lord, I thank You for Jonah's testimony, for his story, so that we might allow Your Spirit to look inside of us to see if we have any of those conditions that are real in our hearts and our lives. And Dear Father, if that's true today, I pray that You will help us to confess that. Father, I pray that You'll help us to agree with You. And Lord, I pray that You'll forgive those sins and bring us back to a right fellowship and a right relationship with you. Dear Father, if there's anybody here today who's not yet come by the grace of God through faith in the name of Jesus, that Lord, today would be the day. I pray for whoever that person is, <clears throat> that Lord, you'd give them this opportunity today. You've given them this opportunity today. Now give them the courage and the faith to believe and to stand upon the principles of, word, of the Word of God and be born into the family of God. Now, Father, speak to our hearts today, please. Challenge us and encourage us to be all that we can be. And help us, Father, to be faithful preachers of the gospel wherever we go with whomever we meet. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand with us. We're going to sing a song of invitation. And as we do so, God, speak into your heart. If you need to make a commitment to the Lord, whatever it may be, however it is that God might have spoken to your heart today, won't you come and make that commitment right here. You are listening to the Sunday morning worship services of the Pruitt Baptist Church in Van, Texas, with Pastor David McNary. All right. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to 1 John chapter 1. Last week we talked about the keys to a happy new year, and the key word that we talked about last time was the word happy. Happy happiness, joy in our lives. And one of the things that we said was true joy or true happiness is not controlled by external circumstances. It's not controlled by the things that go on in your daily life. You can have all kinds of troubles and struggles, pain and problems, and still have joy in your life because that joy comes from within. Now I want to talk to you today about the source, the source of joy. What is the source of real joy? Well, I'm going to begin by reading just a couple of verses out of the book of Luke in chapter 2 and then we're going to go to the book of 1 John in chapter 1. Listen to these words of the uh, out of Luke 2. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, listen, I bring you good tidings of great joy. He said, I've come to bring you joy which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, 
which is Christ the Lord. And verse 20 says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So what is it that was a source of joy? What is it that that the angel was it was it just the fact that the angels showed up on the scene? Was it just the fact that they came and said, Hey, shepherds, listen, I have something to tell you. Listen to me. And the shepherds got all giddy and all happy about it. No, in reality, if you notice what it says there, it doesn't say they got all giddy and happy about it. It says they were really scared. You know, I mean, if you if you had angels show up, you the first thing you'd do is go, Wow, I wonder what I did a while ago. I wonder what... I wonder what's been going on in my life all day today. What is it that's been happening? Know what was the point of their joy. What He said, I'm bringing you good glad tidings or good tidings of great joy. And here's what he said. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ, Christos, the, the, the anointed one, the one they were searching for, the Messiah. And he, so he said, here is the point that I want you to know. True joy is the result of hearing <clears throat> that Christ has come and believing that Christ is real and following Christ by faith. Now, that's where true joy really comes from. Now, I want you to turn there, if you haven't already, to 1 John chapter 1, beginning verse 1. John writes... That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that, it, that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you 
that your joy, that your joy may be full, that your joy may be full. He says, I'm writing these things as a testimony that would bring the fullness of joy to you. So the source of real joy is hearing and believing and following literally the word of God. So first of all, let's take a look at this in verses 1 and 2. John says, the life was manifested or, or revealed, he said, and we have seen it. In other words, what he says is, the record, the record reveals that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, has come. He's, he's not the only one who knew that, and he wanted to testify to them concerning this truth. And then he says, now we declare it unto you. All right? He said, we've heard it. We know it's true. And now, verse 3, we declare it unto you. It's something that we heard and we believed and know to be true. Now, in the last part of verse 1, John calls Jesus the word of life. The word of life. I think it's interesting that if you go uh, back into, in, into the first chapter of the book of John, you'll find him using the same phrase. The word there, the, or the Greek word, the Greek phrase there is logos, taste zoes, and it's that same terminology uh, used there in John chapter 1. He says, in the beginning was the word, the logos, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Then he says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. You see? He is the word, he is the logos, and he is also the life. Well, not only that, but in those verses it says that he is also, so he's talking about his references to the word of life. He's pointing pointing us back to Jesus, who is the source of real joy. He is our Savior, Jesus Christ. But John wanted it to be very clear. It's, it's interesting when you go back and study this passage about the way John talks and, and the phrases that he uses. If you study it in the original language, you, you understand it even more fully and more completely. He wanted, he wanted them to believe his record. He wanted them to understand that he really knew what he was talking about. And so he said uh, he, he wanted them to understand that he had been with Jesus. So he uses the phrase, which we have heard. That, that phrase is the Greek word, akikoamen, and it is written in the past perfect tense. Now, what that means to us, if we, if we study it and understand it, the past perfect speaks of past events with lasting effects. And and a good translation of what he said is, we have heard, he said, I was there, I heard him, we have heard it, and what he said is still ringing in our ears. It is still ringing in our ears. Have you ever heard somebody say something very special to you, and, and, and it, you can, you, you're going along day after day after day after day, and somebody says, well, what do you say? And you say, I can hear it as if it was this morning, or I can hear it as if he spoke right now. That's what John was saying. He said, I heard him myself, and I can tell you exactly what he said, because I can still hear it in my 
mind or hear it ringing in my ears. And then he uses another phrase, the phrase which we have seen with our eyes. The Greek word is hoheorakamen. And it's also found in the past perfect. And, and to, the, to the Greek mind, what he was saying was that he had had a true encounter with Jesus that left a lasting impression. Left a lasting impression. Um, you see somebody and, and it's burned into your memory. You, you see them and you know what they look like. You, you remember their mannerisms. You remember uh, how they acted and the things that they did. And John just wanted his readers to know that he was really there, that he really had this special kind of encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's another phrase, the phrase our, our hands have handled. It's the Greek word epselophison, and it means to touch, and it's the same word that Jesus used in Luke 24, 39. He said, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, handle me. He's speaking to Thomas. He says, touch me and see that it is I myself. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. He says, go ahead. You know, Thomas had, Thomas had said, well, I won't believe until I poke my fingers in the, in the nail prints in his hands and put my hand or my fist in the hole in his side. I'm not going to believe. But whenever he saw Jesus that day, he, he fell down before him in testifying that he knew that he was Jesus. He didn't touch him, but Jesus said, go ahead. It's okay. It's okay. So he wanted, John wanted us to understand that he's talking about that same person who died on the cross. He is Jesus. He said, I I, I, I've heard him, and I've seen him, and I've touched him. I've shook his hand. I've hugged him. I know that he is real. I know that he is real. And real joy comes when we hear that the Messiah, that the Messiah has come. Real joy comes. This good news, these glad tidings of great joy come to us when we are believing Christ is real. A few years ago, all of America, I think, watched and listened as President Ronald Wilson Reagan was laid to rest. And the news media, of course, as they always do with any kind of uh, public event like that, they analyze everything, you know. They, they've got their analysts on board, and they'll show a little bit of this, and then they'll analyze, and they'll talk back and forth. And the media analyzed, and they dissected everything which was said. But you know what I waited for? <clears throat> when I watched that, I waited to see if anyone would bear record of the gospel and talk of the necessity of faith. I assisted in a funeral one time years ago of a young person. Um, I was not the primary speaker. I was assisting and asked to, to um, uh, I was asked to pray, basically, in the beginning part of the service. And God laid on my heart that I needed to read Scripture, that I needed to read a brief Scripture before I prayed, and I did so. And I talked about Jesus and the importance of faith and how it is that faith brings us to the Lord Jesus Christ and that faith through the grace of God provides us with that eternal life that that only only God can give. 
And I talked a little bit about that. I didn't take much time, but I talked about that, and then I had prayer. And then the service continued on. And after the service was over, a woman came up to me, and she said to me, I'm so glad you were here and had a part in the service, because if it hadn't been for what you said, we we would have not have heard anything about Jesus Christ or the gospel. That's what I waited for uh, in that in that uh, in the account of that service uh, for President Reagan, we find comfort and we find hope and we find joy in hearing the record that the Savior has come. But the fullness of joy, that real joy, can only be had by believing the account. By believing the account, it's not enough to just here and to say that's good, you must believe the account in your heart. I I truly believe that the reason that there's so many church members who are not experiencing joy, who are not uh, experiencing a full life, and I think it's because they've never actually taken the opportunity to believe with their heart. Now, there's people all over the world, and even the devils, as they say, even the devils believe, uh, believe in Jesus, but we believe with our head. We believe that he was a good man, that he lived a long time ago, and a lot of things about him, but we've not ever taken the opportunity to believe, to believe in our hearts. You see, we have to receive the good news in our, uh, move it from our minds down to our hearts. It has to be taken to heart. The Scripture says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 and 10, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, or that Jesus is Lord, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Well, let me just say to you that I was comforted that day, uh, the, the rest of the story. I know that you wanted to know this. I was comforted that day that in the end of President Reagan's funeral, when his son Michael Reagan gave witness to his father's faith and to his own personal, uh, Michael's own personal faith in Jesus Christ. And folks, that's what gives real joy is believing, believing uh, Christ is real. Believing that Jesus Christ is who He says He is. Now, you need to, I think we need to maybe say something about that. The fact that we know He's Jesus, we know about Jesus, we've been talking about Jesus, the songs have been about Jesus, <clears throat> the cantata was about Jesus, the Christmas season is about Jesus, and we talk about Jesus. But let me just tell you that Christ is not His last name. Did you know that? Christ is a designation of His deity. Jesus is His earthly name. Christ is His heavenly name. He is He is God, the man who came to live among us and to provide eternal salvation for us by dying on a cross in our place for our sins. He didn't deserve to die. You and I deserve to die. He took our cross because He didn't need a cross. He had lived a sinless, perfect life throughout His entire life, never sinning against God, never broke the law. He did exactly 
what he was supposed to do, and yet he died on that cross <clears throat> to make a way for our sins to be forgiven. So the first thing that we have to do is that we have to we have to hear the record. We have to hear the good news, the gospel. The second thing that we have to do is believe the gospel, believe that Christ Jesus is real and that he did pay the price for our sins. And then the third thing John talks about is that we have to follow Christ by faith. John says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This fullness of joy, this real joy comes about when we hear the record, when we believe that he is real, and when we follow him, when we follow him by faith. Joy is based in fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, is what John is saying to us. Now, <clears throat> verses 6 and 7 uh, add to that a little bit. Uh, just take a look at what it says there in verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. He's talking about our walk. Now, <clears throat> that is our lifestyle. Walking in darkness or walking in the light? Are you walking following Jesus? Listen, he's, He is the light. If you're walking following Jesus, if you're living your life following Jesus, if that's your lifestyle, it represents the fact that you believed that you've heard the message and you believe that He is real and you follow Him, you live for Him, you walk in the light following Him. Now, darkness is always associated with evil. Darkness is associated with the devil. Darkness is associated uh, with bad. And by the way, bad things happen in the darkness, as you, as you well know. But we are in the light because of our faith, as a result of our faith in Jesus Christ. And as a result of our faith in Christ, we can experience in this new year, like we talked about last week, if you greet people Happy New Year, you're pronouncing a blessing on them. And we have the privilege to live the new year as believers, to live the new year with real joy. We have to find our lives founded upon the fact that Jesus came that Jesus lived, that He is real, that He died on the cross, and we follow Him, we follow Him wherever He would lead us, and He will lead us to the fullness of joy. Now, i got a little illustration I want to share with you because people look for happiness, <clears throat> people look for joy in a lot of different places. This is titled, Where is Happiness? Where is Joy? Not in unbelief, Voltaire, a noted infidel, wrote, I wish I had never been born. It's not found in money, although most of us would like to try that out a little bit. Jay Gould, the American millionaire, said, I suppose I am the most miserable devil on earth. Wow. It's not found in position or fame. Lord Beaconsfield wrote, 
Youth is a mistake, manhood a struggle, old age a secret. It's not found in infidelity. Thomas Paine cried out during his last moments, Oh, Lord, help me. God, help me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Jesus Christ, help me. It's not found in pleasure. Lord Byron, who reveled in pleasure all his days, wrote on his last birthday, My days are in the yellow leaf. The flowers and fruits of life are gone. The worm, the canker, and the grief are mine alone. He said, I'm miserable. It's not found in power. Napoleon the Great summarized this way. Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne, and myself found empire, founded empires. But on what did we found them? On force. Jesus Christ alone founded His own love, and today there are millions who would die for Him. Where then is joy to be found? Jesus said, I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. John chapter 16 and verse 22. Where do we find real joy? You find real joy in Jesus Christ only. Only. Christ and Christ alone can bring true joy and happiness into your life. Experience joy this new year as you follow your Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, thank You for this day. Thank You, Lord, that You speak to our hearts and encourage us. Thank You, Lord, that You offered Your Son, Jesus, a sacrifice on a cross in payment for our sins so that through simple faith in Him we might be saved once and forever. Dear Lord, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts today. I pray you'll speak to the hearts of those who may be here who have never trusted in Christ, never entered into a relationship with Him. And Father, I pray that you'll speak to that heart today and 
that you'll give them the faith to believe and the courage to take a stand for Jesus. I pray for believers, for Christians. Father, so many uh, so many are not experiencing the joy that you offer them. Uh, and, and, and it's as a result of not following you. It's not We're not living for you. Not, we're not surrendered to you and your spirit, not being led of the spirit. And so, God, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts today because we know that that joy is only a confession away. Father, you offer it to us through simple admission of our guilt, through confession of our sin, and you offer us that purity, that purification, that cleansing that only God can do. So, Father, I pray that you will speak to our hearts today. Father, encourage us, help us to understand your will and your plan, and lead us to do what it is you want us to do each and every one. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Terry, what song? Number 480 in your hymnal. Let me invite you to turn there. And in a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing the song. But as God may have spoken to your heart today, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you haven't entered into a relationship with Him, then I invite you, God invites you to come to Him today. He's paid the price for your sins. Just believe Him and trust Him. And have your sins forgiven. Maybe you're here today a Christian. You know that you haven't been walking with Jesus. You haven't been following the Lord. Recommit your life unto the Lord today. Come today and, and just take a moment to say, God, I know that I haven't been doing what I should be doing. Father, I know that I've sinned in this way or this way. Just talk to Him about it. And ask Him to forgive you and to cleanse you and to purify your heart. He promises that if you come in sincerity, He will do that. Or maybe there's others who need to come to join the fellowship of this church by transfer of your church letter from another Baptist church or by baptism, by statement as God may be speaking to your heart today. Just do what the Lord has asked you to do. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship services of the Pruitt Baptist Church in Van, Texas with Pastor David McNary. A podcast of this service is available on demand at the KCAA website at www.kcaaradio.com. To listen to this service at any time, go to the KCAA Sunday schedule and click the podcast link under the image of Pastor McNary. The Pruitt Baptist Church is located at 9908 State Highway 110 in Van, Texas. The Sunday worship schedule includes Bible study at 9.45 a.m., morning worship at 11 a.m., and evening worship at 6 p.m. For more information about the Pruitt Baptist Church, visit their website at www.pruittbaptistchurch.com or call 903-963-7473. We now invite you to enjoy some great gospel music for the remainder of the hour right here on KCAA Loma Linda, California, the station that leaves no listener behind. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to
You've been listening to the greatest gospel music of all time right here on KCAA Loma Linda, California, the station that leaves no listener behind. The station that leaves no listener behind.
This is 1050 AM, serving Riverside, San Bernardino, KCAA, Loma Linda. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. From the KCAA Weather Center, I'm staff geologist Jim Rinaldi. For this morning, a clear sky, sunshine, and breezy today with a high of 88 degrees. Partly cloudy tonight with areas of fog forming, low 54. Patchy fog to start today Sunday, otherwise sunshine and breezy, the high 82. Morning fog Monday, otherwise a mostly sunny day with a high of 76. We'll have low clouds and fog Tuesday morning, otherwise it's going to turn out mostly sunny, high 74. Sunshine Wednesday, high 72. That's your weather forecast for this hour from the station that leaves no listener behind. NBC News Radio, AM 1050, KCAA. Here's a look at the KCAA community calendar. I'm Di Rice. It's the George Brown Legacy Project, and you're invited to be a part. Help support the archives of the late great congressmen that were established at UCR. George Brown was a pioneer and a trailblazer who served in Congress from 1973 to 1999 when he passed. Brown fought for the passage of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. He established the Environmental Protection Agency in 1970, and he was instrumental in creating a bill that became the NASA Authorization Act of 2005. The NASA Authorization Act supports research, development, and space exploration, Brown's passion. The George Brown Springtime Reception will be held Saturday, May 9th from 3 until 5 with special guest Congressman Pete Aguilar. For ticket information, please call 323-669-9999. That's a look at the community calendar on KCAA 1050 AM. Like to spend a few days in another world? Then write this down. Golden Bear Cottages, Big Bear Lake. Now, listen, this is not some corporate-owned operation. It's family-owned and operated by some real nice people. Unique? Oh, you bet. Golden Bear Cottages features 28 one-of-a-kind cabins on a five-acre historic site. Great for families, couples, and groups. And cabins are available with one to seven bedrooms. Golden Bear Cottages is just a stone throw from Big Bear Lake and super close to three great ski areas. Now, I could go on all day about Golden Bear Cottages in Big Bear, but to see everything, just go to goldenbear.net. Again, goldenbear.net. Golden Bear Cottages in Big Bear. Clean, comfortable, and affordable. Check them out. Goldenbear.net. Do you have a broken window or rock chip on your vehicle that needs repair? Give us a call at HM Autoglass, 951-858-5190. HM Autoglass is your locally owned and operated autoglass specialist, offering low-cost and high-quality autoglass repair and replacement. We also work with all major insurance companies and offer free mobile service. So call us, 951-858-5190. That number again is 951-858-5190. Are you particular about the vitamins and supplements you take? Have you found that the big chain stores simply don't have what you need? Then you should know about the Vitamin Center of Agora Hills. You'll find rock-bottom prices on gourmet, top-quality vitamins and mineral supplements at the Vitamin Center. Get 30% off on all supplements and homeopathic products. All, not just selected merchandise. 
In addition, you'll find 30% off on all cosmetics, soaps, shampoos, toothpaste, makeup, hair coloring, and lip gloss. And all tea products are discounted 20%. Why go anywhere else? See for yourself at the Vitamin Center of Agora Hills, 5007 Canaan Road in Agora Hills. Or check out the savings and place your order online, vitamincenteragorahills.com. Start saving by getting what you need from the Vitamin Center of Agora Hills. And tell a friend that the Vitamin Center ships nationwide. Call 818-707-0005. That's 818-707-0005. The Vitamin Center of Agora Hills. Are you in charge of keeping people safe from lightning and severe weather? Visit weatherbugsafety.com today. Safety professionals everywhere are turning to Weatherbug for the most advanced monitoring and alerting. Why? Only Weatherbug offers real-time lightning and severe weather alerts. Minutes matter when danger is near. Get Weatherbug safety solutions to keep your organization safer from bad weather. Visit weatherbugsafety.com today. Download the Weatherbug app and know before. Miss one of your favorite shows? Don't worry, we've got your radio DVR right here on kcaaradio.com. Log on and listen to any show you want, anytime you want. On KCAA, 10.50 a.m. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.